Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast. This week you have me and you have Leo. Hello. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to say hello. <laughs> a little delayed reaction. It is a Monday. This week we have two guests. We have the match director and the assistant match director for the Area 8 Championship coming up. We have Keanu Sai and Stephen Van. Let's go ahead and bring them in. Hello, Keanu. Hello, Stephen. How's it going? Hey, Dave. Hey, Leo. Thank you for having what? us. All right. Why don't you guys take a moment and introduce yourselves, and then we'll get into the interrogation. Oof. Sounds fun. Uh, I'm Keanu. Um, I'm the match director for the Area 8 Championship. This is my second year uh, doing it. Um, and I think I've taken a different step into how I think area championships and major matches should be run. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I ran it similar to the last year, or I will be running it similar to last year. And I'm pretty excited to uh, see how it's going to unravel this year. But I'm really looking forward to this year's match. Um, and I have so cordially picked Steven as my assistant match director, which was either best decision or worst decision. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> he looks thrilled. <laughs> Well, he just dragged he me into it, really, to because we kind of enjoy the same things about the game and really envision the way stages are run the similarly-ish. Like, we kind of uh, <clears throat> have the same goals in mind when we set up a stage and when we try to run through them. So I guess that's kind of why I was brought on is, you know, to take half the hate and, you know, pat each other on the back about how much we love our stages. Mm -hmm. it's, it, we speak in a vacuum, so there, there's no external influence. That's <laughs> fair. There you go. Two peas in a pod. It's really cute. Precious, some say. <laughs> All right, so we start every podcast with five very personal questions of our guests. So we're going to we're going to ask the first five questions and we'll we'll let Keanu answer first and Stephen will go alphabetically. And then after that, uh they're going to be random questions and it doesn't matter who answers first. So we're going to start with favorite movie. Oof. Uh, Mine's Joe Dirt. I'll go out and say it. Joe Dirt, baby. I can watch it any off, day. Steven. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, what movie do I watch? I wouldn't have to cut out the dead air, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's of... Joe Dirte. <laughs> That's right. Don't try to jerk uh, it up on me. That's right. I'm going to say Tropic Thunder. Two strong choices. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Classics. Yeah. Horribly yeah. insulting. They will go down it. in the annals of uh, cinema history as uh, movies that should have gotten uh, more recognition. Uh, movies that will be banned now. Yes. Favorite book? So Stephen just had the same reaction that as that I know how to read. Okay, there. <laughs> We're both practically illiterate. <laughs> I've literally said at work that I can only read pictures, and then pretty sure they wanted to smack me for it. Honestly, if you can't keep it to 144 characters or less, I don't know that I could actually you know, keep my attention focused on it. I haven't read a book other than a rule book or a school book in years, and I didn't like any of them. Yeah, I think the USPSA rule book's the most recent book I read. Um, oh, a book crap. is a book. I don't know. Three I got a Anderson's Bible behind me. Can we count Anderson's books? Yeah. Is that count? Okay, there you go. I read those. It's a book? Yeah. Wait, Anderson's third uh, book. Audible or like you actually no, I actually read it. the words okay. Okay. and the terrible editing. Okay. Mm. I'm going to go with The Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. Mm. 
really my kid good loves book. that book. He's it's one of one. my favorites. It really embodies who I am as a person. Before he turns into a butterfly. Right. Obviously. <laughs> I think we all got there on our own. Okay. Favorite, this is a Huggies question here for everybody. Favorite superhero? Uh, Don't all jump up at once to answer that one. Okay, does I'm, I'm Iron working Man on count it. as a superhero? Does Iron Man count? Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, come well, on. Iron Man, obviously. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Iron Man, too. He's awesome. He's rich. I mean, yeah. And he's smart. Yeah. Two things I'm not. Favorite gun and caliber. They don't have to be the same. Like, you don't have to say a 1911 and 45. Well, no. Steven is a boomer. (laughs) Do you have four 1911s? (laughs) I mean, I guess my favorite gun, though. My favorite gun that I own, I'll preface it with that, is my uh, M92 SBR. It's a little 10 inch AK. Okay. I think my favorite gun that I own, uh, probably I have an old Lee Enfield number five jungle carbine. Oh, I wow. love that thing. Gross. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome, Steven. <laughs> it's super loud and it weighs what? seven pounds. You, and it, what a great continue, continue asking him about his gun choices and you'll also be disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you say Beretta, like any any military uh, version of the Beretta, Dave might kick you off the show. Oh, I mean, okay. So my favorite handgun is my Beretta 92, my Langdon. That is my favorite handgun that I have. Well, that concludes this episode of the Casual <laughs> Shooter Podcast. It was really great having you guys on. And I know Ernest. <laughs> Fun's back uh, about Ernest Langdon. I met him for the first time at a Peacemaker. And you, we were just talking about Danchek before we came on the show. And Danchek had dragged me out there. And I was screaming at Ernest Landon about how beautiful he was and how he needed to shoot all of his stages with his shirt off. He <laughs> can't remember that if you bring it up. I had no idea who the guy was. It was great. Shirtless Ernest Langdon. There you go. That's definitely a question to ask him. When I order, when I order my slide from him, I'll definitely put in a message saying I would like a picture of you shirtless with my slide. Mm. My <laughs> hey. I would, I would be very careful about how you write that message. Nope. Just, <laughs> I said what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are now? Here, here might be a little sneak peek into the match coming up. What's your favorite stage for the upcoming Area 8 match? Oh, this is this is not fair. I did not prepare for that. Oh, caught you <laughs> off guard. I'm going into my email there, now to look at the stages. <laughs> all right. You're going to you're gonna have to cut out all this dead air unless we can manage to fill it with enough of our verbal garbage. Is 14 the one where we cut the five uh, popper array and split it up? Yeah, 14 is coming up really nice. Yeah. 14's my favorite. 14's your favorite? So we have steel and we have paper. Okay. Everybody loves steel. Mm. Just not plates, man. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> Poppers, plate racks, stars fine. Just not those stupid little squares and little things that Tilly leaves all over his range. Oh, they're like this big and yeah. I mean, they were bigger than that, but I mean they looked really small from where I was. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, stage stage two, and that was one of the stages that we we made some changes to before. Uh, now last, last week. year, 
last year, if I remember correctly, stage two, wasn't that the low port? That was stage one. That was stage one. Either way, mm-hmm. that one sucked. Okay. Oh, you're welcome for that. Uh, yeah. We'll have you know that there are no low ports this year. We, we removed the low port. Yeah, initially there were two. And sadly, yes. they had to be removed. All right, two to zero. I like that. <laughs> we don't. I'm, being, I, I'm not a fan of low ports. Getting down and getting back up is uh, not quick. Well, I feel bad for like I think it was like Phil Strader and Todd Jarrett last year. They were they were on stage one when like we got a huge rainstorm coming in for about half an hour, and then the range master and I were walking around yelling at people to start shooting because we just wanted to get it over with and go to the hotel. And this is only like three o'clock or whatever. So they, we really shouldn't have been in a rush, but we we're just being jerks. And Phil's like, okay. And then he shoots a stage in, and like, next thing you know, he's like practically swimming in the bay. Like just in wow. like we, the shooting area made like a nice little pond. And he oh, was okay. just like, buried in it it was fantastic to watch and it happened to todd jarrett and his wife too yeah and phil's not a a, a short guy of stature no. by any means yeah we, we had some upset short. comments in the in the uh after action <laughs> survey about yeah. that about how we made people shoot in the rain hey we've done it we did it at nationals yeah, yeah I, was, I don't blame them for complaining yeah. because like i'll i hate rain so yeah all right, so Keanu, you also host a match in Maryland. I don't remember though. Where is that located? Thermont. Uh, so it's at the Thermont Conservation Sportsman's Club. Okay. And is that like any certain weekend or is that just every Sunday? It's on the fourth weekend on uh, of every month, I think outside of like, you know, normal off season time. And we do Saturday, Sunday. Saturday is limited availability because we don't want to step on Eastern Shore's toes. Um, and that's like a setup day, so it's kind of a train wreck if you show up. Steven's gone on Saturday before. It's terrible. It's a nightmare. Like, I'm running around still hammering in <laughs> targets and everything like that while he like while they're showing up and I have to get all the tablets things. So Saturday kind of sucks, but it's still a good time. And we started, we don't start until noon on Saturday, but I usually have everyone out by 3 o'clock. And then Sunday oh, we wow. start at 10, and then we're usually done by 2.30. Okay. So... I feel like I feel like there it would be chock full of partials and no shoots. Mm, mm-hmm. How'd you know? Okay. Oh, I just know. <laughs> well, so I just got a forty yard. We we had a bay rent. We had a couple bays get renovated, so now one of the bays got extended to thirty five yards. The other one's forty yards. So I can make some very nice stages now. Um, but I. I pride myself to say that most people don't usually make it out of the match clean unless they actually take their time. It's super, super punishing to uh, to to try and pick up speed on some of the arrays that I put in. And like, I don't do arrays that are like four, like four targets next to each other either. Like, I usually do end up like the way Stephen and I did a lot of the area eight stages. We we ended up putting arrays that require like actual transitions and actual like you know leading with the eyes and everything um, to try and force people to to not hose and slow down a little bit um and then you know you're going to punish those people who are driving the gun really hard uh, and you know trying to get those early shots off and they're going to put shots into the deltas and stuff like that where they're trying to split too fast on the far targets so like there's a lot of changing gears i think on a lot of our arrays that we're putting up um either at thermon or area eight so i think there's a lot of like each position is dynamic on its own okay so better have some visual patience. 
Mm-hmm. So how did how did you become the match director for Area Eight Championship last year? Oh, uh, I was ROing Delmarva, and then the section coordinator walked up to me with uh, with the area director or soon to be area director and said, "Hey." you want to run an area eight next year? I said, let me think about it. And then I got back to him like an hour later or later that day. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Like, <laughs> like they literally just asked because no one fun fact. No one wants to run area matches. No one likes doing it because you it's like, unlike a club match, it becomes a political, like a USPSA political position almost. And you work really closely with the area director. You hear a lot of like, you hear a lot of crap that goes on that you wouldn't hear otherwise. Unless, or if you're um, like, unless you're really tied in with a sport and people who are like really, really deep into sport, um, organization-wise. Wow. But yeah, like it's it's surprising like how most people don't want to step up to do it, unless like some unless you like astronomically mess up the match the year before, and then someone might be willing to take over. Well, it's just like anything else. No one's ever going to be. You're not going to please everybody with anything you do, you know. So you, right. you try to do something for yourself, and then you have such an outcore that you have to change what you initially wanted to do just to make a couple people um, less unsatisfied. Yeah. It's, so it's, just, it's thankless, but I mean, most of the volunteering spots are like all these guys that come out here in RM, and all these uh, retired folks that come out and do all of the uh, ROing for us. I mean. <clears throat> that's such an extremely thankless job and nobody would want to do it. And that's why I guess you don't see a whole lot of younger people doing it anyway. Cause you know, yep. everyone wants, everyone wants to be the next Christian or whoever else is really, really good or the next Gianni or whoever, whoever. Right. So everyone wants to be that, but the reality is most people can't be that. They, they either don't have the time, they don't either don't have the resources or just their rote skill. Um, right. But, but, I think the the issue there's a deep seated issue now with USPSA where a lot of the younger people, um, people who are like my my age uh, or even Steven's age, um, aren't wanting to. Mm-hmm. Old. I went there. He's so <laughs> youthful, so vibrant. A, a lot of people aren't willing to put in the time to help the sport, and that's and like that's that's just the crappy nature of the volunteer sport. Um, right. You know that's that that can easily be very competitive. Do you, so with running area eight, is there any conversation on how to correct that to get more people involved at that level? No. There's so like, uh, sorry, uh, I, I, I've had conversations with people about that stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people are saying that level threes, like, so area matches and nationals should really be run by a professional staff that travel and their pay. That's their job. Um, or at least like part-time, like, you know, they, they take like a week off work, but there's like a mutual agreement that, you know, they all, they're all traveling on these times, you know, at these scheduled times to go work these matches uh, to prevent this kind of issue. But I, I think that there's, there would be a lot of pushback over that because I think that would just drive the cost of the matchup even more. And, uh, and, and USPSA isn't, I'm, I'm going to get like an angry email from Foley or something. <laughs> But nobody I, listens like, to this show. It's fine. <laughs> USPSA <laughs> is like they, they do some stuff for the area matches, but in terms of like actual logistical support, um, there, there's not a whole lot to go around there. And I think that's just because of liability that they don't want to assume. Um, but I, I don't think they're usually not the most like it's it's kind of frustrating sometimes because you hear a lot of, of people like a lot of shooters complaining about how USPSA should be, should be doing a lot more for these kind of matches, but then nothing comes of it. 
And that's just the unfortunate truth. But We spoke with uh, Dave Ankeny recently, and I was surprised to hear that there's no like database of stage design where you know all these people are making all of these stages creating stages every weekend for matches i'm surprised there isn't somewhere on the website for uh, match directors to be able to go and pull designs that have already been created by you know 200 other people isn't there now um, didn't they just come out with that like last week or two weeks ago or something along those lines no, I don't. I don't know. That's what I. That's why I was asking him if uh, there was anything like that. It only makes sense, you know. I don't know. I, I yeah. I think that that should exist. Um, like that's like Trident stage design. As terrible as the software is, they have like a whole repository of stage that they get saved to. Um, they get saved to it. But it's all like two dimensional crap. So I don't know really how far you can get with it. And a lot of it's IDPA or multi gun stages. So mm. and with like relatively simple procedures so i don't think it's as complex as uspsa gotcha yeah but i think troy is like the, the way we're f uh, submitting form c's now for match for stage approval it all goes in like one stage at a time for approval and i think that's because they might be bu building a repository i get the sneaking suspicion that's why oh but... so they don't want to get inundated with all that stuff and not be able to file it i guess uh, I don't know. I, I miss the old way where the RMs would just email Troy. <laughs> say, hey, here are the stages. Please approve them. I'm sure it was quicker. Mm-hmm. So is uh, Jim McBurnett the range master again this year? Yeah. So we have Mark Evans and Jim McBurnett again. So same same crew. Okay. Now, was, it, was Mark the one being mentored or whatever they want to call it last year? Yes. Okay. So I think that yeah. was the either that, that I think that was the second match that he's RM'd. Uh Area Eight was, I think. Okay. But Jim was like the RM number one. So you mentioned it earlier. I was gonna bring it up. You sent out the survey last year. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I thought it was pretty good. What were some of the things that folks liked and what were some things that they necessarily didn't like? Um, well, contrary to this year's belief, uh, a lot of people liked the shorter format that we ran last year. Uh, a lot of people seem yeah. to like the, the three, two, one, the, the more epic style format where it was a much lower round count. And I think a lot of people liked the fact that they weren't here until six o'clock, uh, or I guess at the range until six o'clock. And this, I know the staff liked it too. Uh, they were, they, they, really enjoyed getting out by three thirty to four o'clock because and then we had the range closed by five and so then everyone was out everyone could have fun for you know five or six more hours before they have to go to go to bed um bobby southern barbecue got compliments as usual his food's fantastic okay um is he coming back yeah okay so he'll he'll be back same same deal as last year okay um, and breakfast too i think and his breakfast burritos are really really good I can vouch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Personal experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Steven and I both spending, spend a lot of time eating. That's basically all we do. <laughs> it's, it's a sport. All right. Match director job. Eat burritos. Got yeah. It. There you go. I'm in. 
That's all it took. I'll do it. It's I'll like I would roll up in the morning and, and Bobby would just be like, I got two burritos here for you. Like, sweet. <laughs> Don't even need to order them. I skip all the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> so people didn't like shooting in the rain. Was there anything else that was uh, like uh, so a, a lot of people, myself included, were really pissed that stage twelve got thrown out. But there was just a lot there's a lot of issues with the activation sequence that that went wrong. So it worked like seventy percent of the time on Thursday on staff day. And then, but then Friday, like by the time we had like our first squad on Friday, there was a huge, huge uh, line for it for reshoots and everything. So after a discussion with the RMs, we just decided to can it. Um, the issue was there's a stage next to it, to the left of it, um, that was like 10, 10 or 12 rounds. And we, since like the way we had the stage flow planned was we would have like, we had a stage flowing into that one and then that would flow into the field course. But then because of the field course, um, there was a huge backup on that stage alone. And so I think at one point we had like two squads backed up onto one bay, something like that. And the the, the, the RO crew on the stage that was two stage or on the bay that was two stages and then became one, they, they tried their best to try and like curb the flow a little bit. But, and you know, there's within the USPSA rules, the five minute walkthrough and the shoot throughs and everything there's only so much you can do it's tough right you're running from like what a 20 rounder to a 10 and then there was supposed to be like another 18 before you went to like a high count like a 25 or 28 round course yeah so it went from like a 24 into a 12 and a 12 and a 16 or 18 and then into a 32 and um, it wasn't just the 32 that was a long course that was a lot of movement too yeah it was like a pure uprange movement stage yeah that, that stage actually got a good bit of uh got got a good bit of flack over really? the uh we had a lot of dqs on that stage really um That's yeah surprising uh, so to me, stage, thir stage 13 like it, it was there were a few there were a few of those um few posts on enos talking about that i think wow. if i remember cor correctly and i think maybe a couple on duty project and a few podcasts definitely talked about it if i remember off the top of my head but it, so there's a stage where you base you end you like your last shot's basically going to be about one like probably like 160 ish 170 ish but right. the issue was on unload and show clear people would just stay at that angle instead of facing down range so people would just get dq'd mm. after their last shot was fired that's a so rough spot a, right there okay yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, the way I don't we set up the that stage, that was kind of an oversight. But we we did make sure that everything was outside or was within the 180. So and it, it goes both ways, right? Like we have a responsibility, and the shooters have a responsibility. So right. Okay. Okay. I'll accept the blame. I'm that uh, I'm that generous of a deity. <laughs> and we were. I, yeah, I, I would have thrown that one on Steven. I'd be like, I was. I well, it was my it. stage. That was so. Steven's <laughs> stage. Like we were sitting See, down designing. That was it. the perfect opportunity to be like, I was 100. percent That was Steven's fault. No, he, they, he didn't work the match though. He didn't set it up. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got. We were actually in the backup when we were the third squad waiting when you and Jim came down and threw the stage out. Were you really? Yep. Yep. We oh, were sitting there waiting. I remember seeing like three, three squads sitting there and I was like, oh no, here we go. I would like to point out, I was like, cool, one less uh, stage for me to screw up. I like it. <laughs> if that, I like seeing that, that major I was too, doing. I <laughs> apparently I hate shooting. So 
I go up to a match. I'm like, oh, like Steve and I were talking about it yesterday. And we're like, Ari eats 13 stages. I don't want to. Sh- like, I, I was like, what if we just shoot through a few stages every day? That way, we don't have to shoot 13 stages in a single day. And that sounds terrible. Does. But people like the one stage. People like the one day formats, even though it's thirteen stages. But it, it's a shorter format too. Yeah, but, for sure. As long as but, we keep, but, keep it moving quickly, like we did before, you know, and you're in and out in like six hours or less, it's it's not bad. But like we yeah. were on the range for like what ten hours Saturday. Uh, Saturday. yeah, we got there at like what nine nine, and then we were there until yeah, we were there for about nine hours to shoot twelve yeah. stages. I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of uh, we're talking about a local match that we just shot um, down in North okay. Carolina. Oh, that one. Okay. Um, but there was a lot of buffoonery going on too. So, like, I think we were just running slow because we were all like, it was just a squad full of idiots, uh, us included, especially <laughs> us. <laughs> oh goodness. Now, what was the actual um, device that wasn't working? It was a swinger, so we had cross activation swing, uh, cross activated swingers. We had an issue where the, um, uh, like when the stage was getting set up, it was. So this is partial. This is my fault because I, I I didn't walk the stage like completely before we even before before we got the, um, before I called the range good and everything for the next day to shoot, uh, but the swinger was catching on the hardcover mounts. That were um, that were blocking it from being shot while stationary, so the the actual mm. activation sticks were getting caught, so it would only come partially out. So the the swingers were like completely dysfunctional. At least one of them was. The other one worked okay, but the right oh, side wow. swinger on stage twelve was completely bust. Okay. Uh, how is the progress with the uh, matchbook and stages coming? So stages are out to Troy. Um, we th- there was a whole kerfuffle with the stages from last week um, over like uh, I'll, I'll, I think there was some there was some hate about the round count because we kept it pretty similar to last year. Where it was like I think last year last year before the stage got thrown it was two forty seven. This year we were at two thirty eight uh, before Chrono, and then. We we bumped it back up to what two two fifty eight, Stephen? Yeah, right. That's right. That's correct. So two fifty eight plus Chrono, and then people got upset that I included the the round count in Chrono, or the, the Chrono in round count. But like, it's you you bring a minimum of eight rounds, so it's I include it because that made sense. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, but I, I think Matchbook is coming along. I I just have to flesh it out and. It's a lot of it, a lot of the time for the matchbook is getting all the stages in and just trying to figure out which sponsor is going to go where and stuff like that and getting all that format figured out and it gets proofed by by the RMs, um, but by the RMs and the AD and then I get it back and then I make the changes whichever they require and then I send it back and then after that I post the matchbook. So uh, it's it takes it's, it doesn't take long it takes about a week, um, but we're still we got some last minute sponsors so I haven't really finished the matchbook yet because I want to include them. Um, and same goes for like the match T-shirt and stuff like that. But stages, stage-wise, we're good to go. So Stephen and I are happy with the changes. Now, that how we did made. people? Uh, how did people find out what the round count was? Well, so I posted the stages. Uh, the, the original, the, the original rendition of the stages I posted on the Facebook group in the uh, Area Eight Championship page. 
And okay. <clears throat> so like I posted every single stage and the total round count, like the, the spread and everything. Cause I, I, I wanted people to try and I was hoping people would get excited about the stages. Wrong. I failed. Wrong. <laughs> I, I think yeah. there, there's a good group of people who like them and there's a good group of people who don't like them, but I, I don't, I can't. So when you happy. say don't like, are you just getting like, hate mail it's like you're stupid and I, I would like why do you do this or like what's what is what don't people like about stages well so one of the reasons i why i picked steven was because of uh was because we, we we more or less share the same vision for stage design and stuff like that so we want i think both of us are the opinion that we kind of want to move more towards like the ipsic style uh the, the ipsic format where it's a three two one so three short courses two medium one long right right and that's like that's something that him and i both like firmly believe in um, in terms of how how a match should flow and like how shooter skills should be tested and whatnot, so I think it it, it brings a lot of difference. It, it brings a lot of change to a match versus, um, like all thirty two rounds or a lot of like you know twenty four rounds and up only, and then you have like one speed shoot for an area match, right? And right. we hate like and we we don't do a lot of props because after learning from last year, props can cause issues if you're dumb like me and don't know how to set things up. But uh, I, I think Stephen and I like so. It, it's, I think it's just a fundamental philosophy difference in how stages are designed and executed uh, on the ground, and you know, in SketchUp and everything. Neither one of us really likes putting targets up just for the sake of putting targets up, right? So we usually have an intention with an array, like we want you to see you do X, execute this skill in this manner. Like that's why that is there, not just for you to go run over there and spray twelve rounds and be like, "Yes, I came out here, I shot my twelve rounds, and I can go home happy because my ammo can is empty." That's just not the way we've ever put anything together. Yeah, because that's not what we would want to shoot, you know? Okay, right. We kind of enjoy suffering ourselves mm -hmm. right? we usually set things up so that we suffer while we shoot them so that hopefully maybe we might get better one day okay well that's all yeah so like, I, like I, I want the stages to be challenges um i don't want to i don't want all the stages to just be gimmies uh so and and like, like what steven was saying it's like every, every array that we designed in each of our stages like we we wanted to test a particular skill whether it's like a really really um you know, a really fast entry with a really, really hard exit, you know, where you might have a an open target coming in really, really quick from seven yards or five yards, and then you have to immediately transition to, like, a mini popper and then tuxedo at 15 yards or something like that. That poses a very different challenge from just coming in uh, into a position and just doing four targets, you know, up close, um, and, then, and then just leaving, right? So, and not to say that, you know, up close shooting and being very fast in you know, shooting fast is a skill on its own, but I think in terms of in terms of a lot of matches, that might be a little over-tested of a skill, and I would like to see people, you know, come into positions, you know, take, you know, like, like a four-round position and see how they coast through it and see how they can minimize their timing, you know, maximize their efficiency rolling through that stage or rolling through that single position, right? And since it's only, like, a lot of our arrays are only, we, we don't require any more than six six rounds six or seven rounds from a single position for our match <clears throat> for area eight so we're, we're trying to push that hit factor down and that that will show i'm of the opinion that having a lower possible high hit factor 
will will give the the shooters who are more skillful in those certain things like mid-stage things like uh you know the, those really fast transitions where you can change gears from a close target to a far target and call your shots and steal we really want to award those kinds of skills um because those are the skills that a lot of people don't have quite honed in yet and you'll definitely see those skills in people like shane or jj or um you know or nils people like that right and like that's kind of what we're going for so it's it's more technical yeah I, I was i was about to say it sounds a lot more technical than it you would normally see mm-hmm. so definitely more ipsic style yeah and like i don't neither of us are of the are of the belief that more rounds ever under any circumstance equates to a better stage like you put targets where you need to but if you're just gonna like put double stacks everywhere that's just lazy um and i really hate the fact like i i really hate it when when you walk up to a stage and you just see like 12 rounds from a single position that just like you know there's an advantage to shooting high cap and that you're shooting high cap and i think it's stupid that you're going to give them an an even a higher advantage by letting them shoot half of the stage from a single position or two positions. That's that's and, that's kind of cheesy to me. And, and I'm a high cap everybody shooter. Everybody else stand and reload. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like and I'm a high cap shooter. Dave, I know you're a high cap shooter. Steven's a high cap shooter. I don't know about Leo. But I'm sad. I'm uh, production, but I'm uh transitioning to uh oh my gosh. Carry optics. Sorry, my yeah. brain shut off. Oh, gross. <laughs> well, like th- three out of four Lame of us idiot. right like three out of four four of us have shot a substantial amount of low cap. So like we know what it's like to, to to walk up to a stage and feel like it's pointlessly, in my opinion, it's pointlessly inequitable. Yeah, on a stage. I mean, there are specific places I will never go again because of the times I spent going there in single stack and walking up to a stage and seeing an unloaded start and then twenty one available shots from a single spot. I'm just like, dude, you're gonna make me stand here and stuff five mags and then stand there and reload twice for what? This is a waste of my time and money. Like, yeah, at least yeah, that's not like, even everyone put a little effort into it. Yeah, yeah. I may as well just go to the range at that point and be like, I all mean, right. Yeah, for an opener PCC guy, that may be an absolute blast. He gets to yeah. stand there and just mow down that stage. But for everyone else, that totally sucks. Oh yeah. No, but like, yeah, but you know, even now shooting high cap, that's still like that's still cheesy. Yeah. Right. You, there, there's no because you're not getting challenge. anything out of it other than yep. just squeezing the trigger. Uh, yeah. Right. You're not yep. testing any other skill besides transitions and splits. <laughs> Fair. Exactly. I like it. Okay. So do the names of the stages have a theme? Uh, the area director actually named them, and they're all named after... Uh, they're all Magnum PI themed, so it's like Hawaiian-ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. That... Vowels, basically. <laughs> a lot of vowels with a consonant every yeah. six words or every six letters. <laughs> um, and then our jerseys are also Magnum PI themed, so they're they're quite beautiful. Uh, now that actually might be pretty cool. Yeah, there's like I want a jersey. Let, let me see, and I might have a picture. I'll, I'll I can post it to you guys in the chat. Well, I was gonna say too. I didn't. I don't recall seeing the stages in the Facebook page. Or on the uh, page. Which page are you in? Area 8. Area 8. So it's not on the Area 8 page, so it's in the... Uh, if you type in EGW Area 8 Championship, it's on that page. EGW Area 8. Where are these jerseys? Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but Dave is definitely a confident man and will wear pretty much anything that he... Lo- and he looks good in it, too. Or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Our second podcast ever. We had to remind Dave to put a shirt on. I love that. <laughs> it's true. Thank God. Yeah, it was, was like, just, no, no, just sitting there all. Boop, 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 boop. And we're like, uh, you know, Dave, um, shirts are cool, man. He's like, oh, no. I'm like, no, no. You should really. These things are just out you there. It's cooler, though, being butt naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing saying that I'm wearing anything other, you know, below, but. I had the courtesy to put this on for you guys. I appreciate you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Nobody wants to see it. My wife didn't even want to see that. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like uh, there's a couple of bays that will be sharing stages. Yeah. So I think we have two state two bays that are doubled up um, with short courses. So yeah, same both as at the year. both at the top of the hill there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm like trying it. to find these. I'm trying to find the uh, jerseys. I mean, just looking at the round count for each stage, just the listing, it actually looks pretty good. Huh. I think that's are, something uh, a lot of people didn't pay attention to is like the size of the bays and the type of facility that that is uh, at Shadowhawk. It's super nice, super clean. However, most of the bays are not huge. Right. Like, they've got a couple pretty large ones. But, right. I mean, you would be pressed to shove, you know, 32 round stages into most of those bays. Right. Just yeah. Because of the way it's Correct. Designed. I mean, it's probably my favorite facility in the area just because it, Lynn and uh, Lynn does such a great job keeping it clean and with the grounds there. Um, but I mean, the bays are kind of small. That's still so, a drawback really. Yeah. I posted the link to the jerseys. You, you're, you're free to screen share it if you want to. I just have to disclose the fact that the, uh, the sponsors, on the jersey are not representative of our sponsors this year. Oh, okay. Um, now, when you say you, where did you share them? I shared it in, the, in private the private chat. chat. Oh, private chat. Okay. Wow. And Dave was making fun of Leo earlier for his technology skills. Mm-hmm. He can't hey, even that's not a technology box. thing. That's a visual acuity thing. It's, yeah, that, exactly. His peripheral is narrower than it used to be. He can't help it. It's, you know, <laughs> it happens. There it is. There it is. Okay. See, now if you say things like we got a really cool shirt, then people will be like, I'll be on staff. I'm going to look like Magnum. Well, I, I just didn't want to post it yet because we didn't have all the sponsors wrangled it up properly. But I, I do like, uh, I really like the shirt, Steven. Uh, so we worked with Billy at uh, Go Fast, Don't Suck. Um, uh, Steven, Ted, and I did. And I, you know, we're really happy with the product. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I would 100% wear that like all the time. My wife would be like, you've got to stop wearing that to church. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I mean, like I wear like all Hawaiian shirts come summertime. So that's nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. That's actually pretty cool. Thank you. I'm glad someone appreciates art here other than just me and Steven. Glad you too. Well, I mean, it's not a Rembrandt, but yeah, it's good. Now is so that's front and back or like that's no the same... so, so the green one the green one uh that's the that's a publicly available jersey for shooters the blue one is for staff I, I okay. don't even care that's dope yeah that's awesome hear that Stephen uh, I put Stephen in charge of the jerseys I'm I'm disappointed I don't see a Stephen good job there. thanks bud I'm real proud of you man mm, finally hey does that come in like fat kid size 
all sizes, fun size. <laughs> all right, good. Fluffy, dude, you know, dude, it's it's USPSA. I mean, you know, I don't I don't like to assume. Do you know how much money to go fast don't suck would lose if they didn't? That is, yeah, that is a fair point. <laughs> I'm gonna touche get... with the logic. Someone's gonna say something to me at Area Eight about that. What? Hey man, yeah, listen. Funny. If you're fat, you're fat. Just just live with it. Mm. That didn't happen overnight. Mm. I paid a lot of money to look like this. Yeah. As <laughs> as Jody, my uh, my physical therapy lady over at work, tells me all the time. She's like, you know, you didn't get that way yesterday. I'm like, yep. No, I'm aware. Thank you. <laughs> she casually says you're welcome and makes me cry doing push-ups. Oh, shout terrible. out to Jody. She's not gonna listen to this, but that's fine. Well, yeah, that's so a cool any, shirt. Thank yeah, you. it is definitely cool. Any any new sponsors from last year? Uh, <laughs> we got Sig came through on a uh, Sig came through for a stage this year. Um, I'm trying to think of who we have different. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think the Blue Bullets sponsored last year. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but the Blue Bullets are doing this year. They're actually one of the first sponsors. Um, we have Ruger. Ruger is sponsoring, I believe, a division. And that's a pretty big deal because they're wow, an actually big company. Yeah. Um. But I I don't think there's a big change from last year. Like so, sponsorship this year has been rough. Like the whole gun industry this year has been kind of in a mess. Um, and that reflects both in our, uh, like in the sponsors from this year. And, and I'm, I'm really grateful to who did step up to bat for this year for us. Um, and I'm sure our staff will be very happy and our shooters will be very happy. Um, and cause I, I can't thank them enough because other, otherwise like, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that to keep staff happy, to keep shooters happy, a lot of the stuff comes from the sponsors, right? All that prize bag crap, we're not buying it. We're we're getting it from sponsors, and a lot all, all the stuff that staff get, we're not buying that either. That's all coming from sponsors. Um, and you know, the match doesn't happen without staff and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been rough this year. So we have we have some sponsors who are like, well, we can give you certs and everything, and we'll even give you money, but we can't give you merchandise right now because we can't we can't churn out enough of it. Um, so it's, you know, we, we tried our best and I think we actually did pretty well given the circumstances, but I think we only have two or three division sponsors for the entire match out of what the seven or eight we have in USPSA. Wow. So, uh, stages, I think we're pretty squared away on the stage sponsors and usually probably come like July or probably come like later this month, I'll get an email from, from a few other places saying, hey, we want to sponsor the match. And I'll say, okay, but we can't get you on the jersey, blah, 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 blah. So I'm happy nonetheless for them. So is Dave's no. dog. Yeah. <laughs> One of the three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know Bill said he was going to be there. Go Fast, Don't Suck will be there. They'll be doing jerseys and stuff like that again. Mm-hmm. Southern Barbecue will be there. I take it Brian Conley. Is he going to be there again? Brian will not be there. He'll be at the Illinois section championship. Uh, oh, I asked him. And okay. there, was That's a shame. A, there was a scheduling conflict. Um, I'm trying to get Red Hill out there again. I don't know if Red okay. Hill sponsoring just yet. I haven't heard anything back. Uh, or at least Paul, my sponsorship coordinator, hasn't said anything about it yet. So hopefully they'll be there. But Because Red Hill is only about 30 minutes away from Shadowhawk. I know they're up in Maryland. I didn't know how far away they were. So they're, they're okay. right up 81 Oh, yeah. Okay. So oh, they're close. Yeah. 
Anybody else going to have a booth or set up there? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, Premier might be there. Uh, and he'll, he does custom molded hearing protection. And he'll do it day of, too. Scott, mm. he's a good guy. Okay. I see. Um, I saw that Nils and Tim Heron are shooting on Friday, but it looks like all Thursday, the I other. Think. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, Thursday with the uh, staff. Mm -hmm. But it looks like all the rest of them are shooting Friday through Sunday. Yeah. So I know. I don't know why Nils was. Uh, I don't know why Nils was shooting, but I know Tim is shooting Thursday because of the Illinois section championship where he's going up for uh, right after. Um. But then I think Glock was, I think people like Shane, Shane, Michelle and Ashley were originally shooting on Saturday, I think. And they wanted to go move to Friday, if I remember. Yeah, they're on Friday because I, I have Shane in my squad. Nice. Oh, you're very lucky. He's a very attractive yeah, I man. Don't, I, don't, I don't expect it to stay that sure. way, but right now Shane's in my squad. And so is Josh Shaw. So Nice. Old Joshua Shaw. Very good GM Josh. Mm. Yeah. Zero chance so. he's going to be shamelessly asking them to come on the show. <laughs> and by zero, I mean 100%. Which well, one, Shane's... Josh or Shane? Doesn't matter. Uh, nobody wants to talk to Josh. Talk to Shane. <laughs> well, I will we'll definitely I will definitely be pitching it to him to come on. So there's a few of them. Yeah, it looks like... Um, It looks like Michelle and Ashley are shooting on Thursday as well. Yeah, the I, I think I don't know what the deal with their squatting is, but I, I let them. I, I moved them a couple times, and I think from there on, they they just do their own thing. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It's no problem. Now, what I didn't see is Siler going to be back. No, he's. I, I spoke to him about that because, um, okay. funny enough, Stephen and I have played video games with him before. <laughs> So we play Call of Duty with him every now and then, okay. um, and we were talking about it. And he said, uh, when so they're reading." What's that? When you guys are reading your books? Yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> we're we're reading high speed <laughs> pixels. Um, and he was saying, I think he so he's in college, and I think he just got an internship um, with a company to go, and that's involves working through summer. So I, but he mm. did. He, he texted me the other day, and he said he's trying to go shoot, but I don't know. He doesn't know if he's going to make it work. So we'll see. Good for him. I but it'll get, you know, that, yeah. that'll, uh, it, it'll be uh, interesting to see someone who's not Christian Siler win the area match. Yeah. For, finally, after three years or two years. Right. Well, I, I know, I thought I saw JJ on there. JJ yeah, is signed up, if I, if I recall. JJ what? He's shooting, if I recall. Yeah, that's so. I mean, you've got some big names that are that are going to show up and they're going to shoot, and I have a feeling yeah. one of them will be the ones to win it. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be cool to see. Uh, I I like going out there and like the part part of what's nice about being staff um, is you get to kind of you, you get like especially for uh, like staff like Stephen or I where we don't really have a job to do once the match starts. We just kind of like walk around and just like talk smack on people and then like smack and look good and in your like shirt mm. Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna be wearing a shirt for half the match though so nice. yep that's a win <laughs> for everybody a feast for the eyes mm. just walk behind jj rub his shoulders 
slap Ooh, yeah. on the thigh. Wh- whisper <laughs> in JJ's ears. That's right. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Dreamy. It'd be nice to see uh, one of the cell companies put up a tower somewhere within a hundred miles of that range, so you could live stream some of that stuff. Well, so just last talk. year, last year, so I have T-Mobile, uh, and last year I actually got pretty good reception up there, and I had I had LTE all week up there, like just uh, there were no boosters or anything going around it. And I think as of last year, I just going to Shadowhawk every year, it's been pretty good. So I don't know if it's provider specific, but I think I, I've been okay last year. And Brian Conley, uh, he live streams whatever match he's going to. Right. And he was live streaming last year too. I definitely can't. Not with Verizon. Yeah. It doesn't like Verizon. The mountains do not like Verizon. No, for sure. Yeah. I need a cell phone. I mean, a uh, satellite phone. No, we concluded after this weekend that Verizon likes North Carolina, and that's about it. Yeah. They've been irritating me recently. Verizon, not North Carolina. We like you, North Carolina. You're fine. (laughs) You're doing just fine. You say that, then go shoot Tilly's match, and you'll be crying. So I hear it. It was emotional abuse. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. Really? (laughs) What did I love every second of it? Yeah, me too. Every penalty is just like, yeah, just rebel. It hurts so oh, good. I shot, the, I shot that no shoot so hard. That, I'm so happy. That's the stuff, babe. More of that, please. I own that no shoot. My gun malfunctioned because I neglected it. Mm. Delicious. So, what are you guys shooting um, division wise at area eight? Limited. I guess I'll be shooting carry optics again. And what guns are you shooting? Uh, I have an Atlas Nemesis. Okay. I have a CZ SPO one Shadow, not the Shadow two, the old reliable one. <laughs> okay. Old reliable. <laughs> it's bold of you to assume that I want to shoot my own match, though. As especially after setting it up. Mm-hmm. I-, I would think you would. Because <laughs> of the pain. Oh, that's right. Right. I mean, the more I hate myself, we were all there. You said the pain. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. I love it. I want more of it. (laughs) There you go. I would definitely want to shoot it after spending all that time getting everything ready, helping set it up, all of going through that whole process. Yeah, I would definitely shoot it. Yeah, I think setting up, setting up matches like level ones or level twos or level three sucks. It really sucks. So like I'm Steven and I are going to be out there for and Steven, Ted and I are going to be out there for a week. And then our setup crew is going to be out there for like, I have a couple of people on setup crew who are going to be like giving us half days and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's terrible. So if like area eight happened last year because of like five people, basically the entire match. And I know if I understand correctly, it was the same the year before I took over. And it's going to be more or less the same this year, and that just seems to be how it is for setting up matches. And so, if you see people who set up the match, thank them because it sucks. Holy cow, that's a big match to set up too. Yeah. So last year we did thirteen stages in two days. In two days. Mm-hmm. Activators now, and all, or it, uh, two and a half days. When are you guys starting the setup for this match, for this year's match? 
so Ted, the area director, will be down there Saturday um, to just kind of like get stuff on the ground because um, he's bringing stuff down uh, to for setup and stuff like that. So like he's bringing a couple props and steel and stuff like that. Um, I won't be in. Uh, I have a wedding to go to on that Saturday, so I'm flying in. I'm flying out of Jackson, Mississippi, on at 5 a.m. on Sunday. So I should be back home at nine, and then I'll be at the range at hopefully one. So I told setup crew to start coming in at one, but I don't know what Ted actually, if Ted's going to want help on Saturday, Sunday before I get there. So that's kind of up in the air. So that that week's that weekend itself is going to be a giant mess. So setup would run Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with the range master walking through on Wednesday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then so. first shots Thursday morning for the staff. Yep. Okay. All right. It'll be exciting. All I can Absolutely. think is what sister cousin is getting married in Mississippi. <laughs> That's literally the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, oh, what who's getting married? It, it's a couple friends from church. They're getting married in uh in Monroe, Louisiana, actually. So oh, I'm flying in. on Okay. Yeah. So I'm flying in Thursday to New Orleans. Going to hang out with some friends there, um, and then I want to, and then we're going to head up on Friday evening to go up to Monroe. And then it, the, the whole flight plan's messed up because I couldn't get a flight soon enough out of New Orleans or Baton Rouge uh, to get home in time for, to set up the match. And Jackson was the next closest airport. Actually, Jackson's closer, I think, than. Um, New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So uh, I'm driving two hours into Mississippi to fly out of there, even though my destination was originally Louisiana. It's it's, it's a total mess. I got you. Oh, yeah. No, I, I went to school there. I understand. Hmm. Well, Leo, do you have anything? I have one question, um, although it may be long, and I don't know if you can technically answer it. I don't know. Um, so staff, for a, a match, right? So, like, how does that work? You've got area director, match director, assistant director. Like, what are the what's the org chart for running a match? So, the area director sits on top of everything because okay. it's ultimately Ted's match. Okay. Um, and then he picks, and then he he selects the match director to actually like pick the executive staff, like the staff coordinator, sponsor coordinator, all that stuff. To and then. Um, you know, it's it's my job to try and it's my job to try and wrangle all the people and stuff like that. And Ted actually does a lot. T- Ted, Ted, I would say Ted does more for the match than I do, and that like he does a lot of the back stuff because the way that Ted and I have set up how Area Eight is run since both of us came in as like fresh meat, it's you know it's like separation of duties, right? So like every call I make, Ted gets the ultimate say with the wallet. So that way, I'm not spending money that I shouldn't be spending money on. Like it's harder for me to steal money, so it all comes out of the area corporate. So Ted gets a lot of the Ted. Ted has a lot of responsibility on making sure that everything is, um, is is getting done on the back end. Like you know, contracts are getting signed, bills are getting paid, stuff like that. Like down payments are getting made, stuff like that. So he 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 does a lot. He does a lot, a lot. I'm just the I'm just the idiot who freaking sits down with Stephen over here and then thinks, what would people hate? Let's do it. <laughs> See, that sounds like How a good we get the most hate on our survey. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, and 
and like it's it's my responsibility responsibility to, to pick uh like the executive staff. So I have like Dave Ankeny was my uh staff coordinator and he did a bang up job. He did a bang up job last year. He did a fantastic job this year. And I couldn't be thankful enough for everything he's done for the staff uh, to, to help me out with the staff. So, and then we have the sponsor coordinator who is Paul Williams, who's, our, who's also our section coordinator. And he does, and he's done a really, really good job um, of wrangling sponsors. Cause you know, he, so he has, he used to have a gun shop and he spends a lot of time talking to industry people and spends a lot of time shooting with people like Max Michelle and stuff like that. And he shoots a lot of majors with those people. So he has a lot of the networking connections. So that was really beneficial to have him as a sponsor coordinator. But like, it was just his job to just try and wrangle people. And I set up the like initial structure of um, who's going to be sponsoring or like a, like the tier sponsorship of, you know, stage costs you how much money and what do you get in, in turn from us? Um, or like versus division versus like uh, just sponsoring stuff like match jerseys or lunch or even paying for water for the match. Um, and then we usually, I think a few years ago, they had vendor coordinators and stuff like that. But I think the complete lack of vendors, there's not really a need for a coordinator. So we just kind of say, okay, vendor area is here. Pick up where you want to set up your tent and just deal with it. <laughs> um, and then from there... Dave does a lot too. So Dave, Dave handled all the staff from there. So I really like Steven and I really just did the stages and I just, Steven just does whatever I ask him to do. Cause <laughs> he's just like, okay, what do you want me to do? I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're going to design stages now. And then because the RMs are ragging on us to get it done. So yeah. And then uh, it's, it's on, it's like a discussion between the match director and the area director to pick the range masters and like how many you want to have and stuff like that. But just given like how Shadowhawk's structured, um, with like the lower bays that take like eight minutes to get down, we decided that we're gonna have two match two RMs last year and this year. So like yeah, that's the, that's the big yeah, well, uh, kind of so. Like you know how Shadowhawk has the base all the way down on one end. Like, once you go to the top, it goes down to the bottom, and then yep. you have the ones yep. all the way in the bottom, right? So Correct. we have one that handles like the bottom half of the top part, and then the bottom, and then the other half, the other handles the up there, and that's where like a lot of the since it's so densely packed, there's a lot, there's enough going on for the other RM. For sure. Usually, yeah. I, ideally, ideally the RM would not have to do much, but <laughs> that's not the reality of it right yeah i guess the the luckier you are the less he does and you did yeah. and to go along with what uh leo was asking earlier you said something about your your thought process on running major matches has changed what did you mean by that in in terms of how uh like I, a lot of that goes down to the stage format um like the three two one format that we were talking about along with like, just like stage design philosophy in general. So we, ch we kind of like, you know, people always say, be the change you want to see. So Steven and I are being the change we want to see. And some people don't like it, but you know, we like it <laughs> but yeah. because like, you know, we, we want to push the sport towards, um, you know, like it, it's not, it's not a fault of any shooter, right? Because you come into the sport and you're conditioned, you, you, you shoot a lot of matches that a lot, that are a lot of, um, where, you know, people know each other and people like, match directors know each other and a lot of them share like similar stages and whatnot. So it's not, it's not a fault of the shooter. It's not a fault of like any particular person. It's just that like USPSA, you know, I came in 
I've only been shooting for this sport for about four years, but from what I've seen the last four years is it's, it's a lot of the same in terms of stage design. Um, and I would like to see something, you know, more technical, like more of the IPSC style stages come in and like, you know, you, you'll hear people say like, Oh, USPSA is an IPSC. Well, it, a, it is. USPSA is the U.S. division of IPSC. Right. Um, that's why we're required to host an IPSC Nationals every year. And um, and B, the, that that's a dumb argument. <laughs> like, it's, it's a dumb argument. Because just because it's not the same sport doesn't mean that we shouldn't be allowed to have similar philosophies um, in terms of stage design and, and how we're running matches. And like I, I get in like Ipsic, it's Ipsic is like a super one percenter sport in most of the world, and because the U.S. is is very blessed with uh, the government acknowledging the fact that we have a natural right to own guns and use them, right? So <laughs> for now, th- for now, yeah, for now, yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on especially living state, here yeah. in Virginia, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I, I think just by sheer population. It's it's a lot, you know. There, there's a lot more input versus what happens in Ipsic, and like the way Ipsic is run. I was talking to Chris Tilly about this actually at his match, um, and like the way Ipsic is run is all the stages are are approved and like walked on and you know tinkered by the exact same people at every level three or four match up there. So like their regionals and like the world shoot and stuff like that, um, but they all have like a very similar idea of how matches are, you know, how stages should be set up for match flow or for like difficulty and stuff like that. And, uh, and so, so, and I always thought like the, like the, that format was cool and I wanted to bring it to a level three. So when I was offered the chance to initially run area eight, I jumped on it because I said, Hey, I can bring this cool concept that a lot of people that, that a lot of matches don't have and I'll bring it to an area match. So it'll get a lot of publicity. It'll get a lot of clout. Um, and I, I think that more or less went over pretty well, but there's still like a lot of people just like to shoot a lot, which I get, like, I I don't blame them, but I think in terms of actual, in terms of the actual execution of the sport and the actual, you know, you know, the, the whole DVC thing. So like, you know, our speed, power and accuracy, um, like the, like the core of our sport, I think that that should be challenged to a greater extent. Um, besides just speed and power. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've noticed that, you know, just watching Ipsic videos on um, the people post on Instagram and stuff, those are very technical. They, they can still be very fast. I mean, look at Eric Grafell. The dude is ridiculously yeah, quick. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Well, but it's unfair, though. Grafell's like, he, he's not. like built in a factory to I shoot know. Ipsic, right? Right. But I mean, if you look at other people uh, just posting the different videos that they shoot in Europe, um, they're they're way more. I want to say technical. You know, there's not a whole lot of open targets. There's a lot of swingers, swingers and yep. all kinds of moving stuff. Hard cover. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I that's like- that is the way they use the swingers and the activators and stuff. The the timing arrays are just really. really oh yeah. Good. As opposed to what you'll see with us, where it's like, hey, we've got this. You might have to engage a target or two and one moving, whereas they've got to do timing on three, maybe four, and they yeah. ridic- at ridiculous distances and not easy to give me shots. 
Yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah. You, uh, I'm, I'm impressed with. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying we don't use a lot of activators or anything in our matches simply because we can't get it to work as well or as consistently as you see them use. And I think that has a lot to do with the amount of money that they have to put into the equipment that we don't necessarily have. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're not against using movers and swingers and activators and some of that wild stuff that you will see. It's just getting it to work you know, at least 95% of the time and still making it a uh, challenging timing array that you can enjoy shooting is just not not easy to do. Yeah, they got EU money. Yeah. European Union. I mean, like, even just shot difficulty, too, right? Like, a swinger a swinger up close can be fun, but, like, if you really want the challenge to come in, you do, like what Steven said, you know, you have you have arrays where the timing is so imperative that you can, you know, you'll you'll lose the stage on just throwing a makeup shot on, um, on, on a single swinger at, you know, maybe 15 to 20 yards. And, like, if you watch, like, the Ipsic stages from, like, Ben Stegger's videos or, like, any of, like, the Extreme Euro videos, you know, they, they're putting swingers out there at, like, 20 yards or so, and they're, they're also adding steel into it or they're adding another activator into it. And it, it, add, it adds a whole, you know, that adds a whole layer of complexity to, to just a single position. And it's amazing watching like what they can do, but the uh, like the the fact of the matter is, we don't run a professional organization at Area Eight where we can you know where everything can be tested down to a T and everything can be set up by professional staff and like you know whatnot, right? You know we're a volunteer sport and like in Ipsic, it's like a profession for a lot of the people up there, and a lot of the ranges are like host you know the the, the host ranges there exist for action shooting. And we don't have that luxury here, right? So it's it's hard because we don't have like a level of of perfection that they have. But it would yeah, be cool if we could do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's and, and it's it goes back into what right? yeah, it goes back into what you said. You know, if you did have a traveling professional crew, maybe to do nationals and area championships, then you could have all of that equipment that you know works a hundred percent with that crew setting all that stuff up. That's an interesting concept. Well, Maybe one day. Yeah. And I mean, it also goes back to one of the other things you said where it's over there and really just around the world, other than here, it's, it's those elite top tier people with money and they can put that into the sport. Whereas here, and it's not a, a ding on us by any means, other than it's like Joe Bob and everybody and their brother can shoot this sport. And it's not necessarily that they're investing in it the the overall sport they're just investing in themselves as far as equipment um as opposed to the club or the host facility yeah yeah just imagine how palatable a 500 dollars match fee for an area match would be <laughs> yeah i mean that yeah. could easily i mean that'll get that you hurts close. the tenders that'll kind yeah. of get you close to having a professional staff there that's paid to come right do a job Close. We're we're getting there. Like the Carolinas done, have done a really good job of that. Like they, they have semi professional staff. Like you know, it's still vol it's still volunteer, but they get paid in like per DM and stuff like that. You know, like they actually get paid and and you know they pace for you and all that stuff um, instead of. Yeah, so, you know, I heard about that and I got really it's, excited. It's awesome. It's yeah. It's it's really nice to go down there where you shoot the stage, you sit down, and they do everything for you. It's it's really really nice, but. Like the proportional cost of that and the proportional wear and tear on the staff is a lot more than just having people ROing and resetting right. steel and resetting activators, stuff like that. So it's 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 striking a balance because as much as I would like to have Area 8 be, oh, well, 
you know, the shooters don't have to paste and the staff paste, you know, the, to me, the staff, like the, the, the quality of the staff and staff wanting to come back is really, really imperative to an area match being successful. If you have bad staff, you're not going to like, no matter how good the stages are, if you have bad staff, um, or if you have not enough staff, the match is not going to go well. Yeah. And nobody's going to want to shoot that match again. Yeah. And, you know, it was like the Carolinas get away by paying their staff. And I wish I could do that. But, you know, every, everyone complains about money. You have, an, you have a local match that costs more than $25, people complain. You have an area match that costs more. I mean, Area 8 is actually one of the cheaper area matches, I think, because we were 195 this year. And then you have um, and a lot of, like, the bigger areas. So I think Area 3 was, like, 270 or something like that. Um, it's close to Nationals money. And then, like, you have, like, Florida Open, which is, like, $270. And so yeah. it's... It's a balance, right? So, two hundred seventy dollars. Yeah, is, like, you're you're almost you're you're increasing your match fee by fifty percent to, but but in return you hopefully harvest like a better, uh, like you know a better staff. Right, right, and a better experience. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's the hope. Right. But nobody's yeah. gonna get a better shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our shirts are going to be the best ever. I'm gonna keep talking about that until I see Stephen crack a big smile because that is a dope shirt. I'm gonna cut Stephen's sleeves off in his sleep too. <laughs> nice. There you go. I like it. You will cut the front of it. Yeah, I'm gonna cut the bottom off too, so it'll be like a sexy crop top. Nice. It'll be like the Magnum PI version of the Trailer Park Trigger Slappers jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Dirte is his favorite film. Yeah, there you go. All right, so one last question. Uh, any aspirations to match direct like uh, nationals in your future? No. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know. Absolutely no. not. <laughs> in, in just demeanor when that question got asked. Uh, uh, no. No. Is I mean they like pain, but I don't think they they hate themselves like that that much, right? Yeah. I just can't imagine putting together 22 stages plus. No way. I mean, Shannon Smith is an unbelievable person for doing what he does with building all this. Yeah, I, that I, was I impressive. Imagine. And he does yeah, and a great then, job. And then your staff also, as staff, you also shoot in two days. You shoot 22 stages in two days. That sounds Ew. terrible. God, imagine shooting 11 <laughs> stages in a day. Imagine shooting in more Florida. than seven. Ugh. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, and every time you pick up your mag, you got to friggin' take it apart and clean it. And oh, yeah. Yep. And it, it's, it's probably going to rain because it's still hurricane season down there, usually. Yeah. Well, and to think he would do what? Nationals, back to back nationals in October. Then he would do Florida State in Florida, December yep. and Florida Open in February. Holy cow. Guy's an animal. Yeah, he's yeah. Cr- like, he's, he's nuts. It's It's amazing. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, that's all we have. Anything else you guys would like to add or plug? No, I think we might be able to, if anyone wants to register still, we might be able to squeeze in a few slots. Um, so go ahead and sign up, and we'll try and get you in um, as best we can. Uh, but other than that, uh, if you see your staff, at, if you when you see your staff at Area 8, make sure you thank them because it's a thankless job, like Steven said. And they're giving up a lot of their own time and you know, we're all blessed to have good staff um, at the staff that we do have at Area 8. And it's it's very fortunate. And thank sponsors, too, if you see them, because they give <laughs> the reality is sponsors don't make any money off the matches. 
<laughs> unless you're actually selling merchandise there. Um, right. And it's it's mostly out of the goodness of their heart. So make sure you if if you see people um, who are who are responsible for that, make sure you thank them too because it's it's a big deal. And then thank me and Stephen for our service because we're amazing. You're welcome for our service. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though we only let you shoot like two whole PCC mags worth of rounds for the entire area match. Mm-hmm. And make you shoot in the rain. Yes. We like well, we like and appreciate the pain. So thank you. Yeah, we do. Because <laughs> we enjoy shooting it. So yeah, no, from casual shooter speak. podcast to you, muchas gracias. <laughs> don't speak too soon. Come to my local match. You'll have it. That's that's a taste of uh, how area eight is going to be more uh, more or less. Okay. I like to anticipate the pain. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> okay, I'll ease into up. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just. I'll, yeah, it's nice. Uh, you know, subtle push Slap in the off face. The cliff. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. We appreciate your time and information and look forward to seeing you guys there. Well, thanks for having us, man. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Take care. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.